Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. God is for you. Man, you should feel that in your heart. It really relates to a little bit of what we're going to be talking about today uh, because God just loves you and, he, and, and he's done so much for us. Let's, let's turn in your scriptures, if you can, to the, to the prophet Micah in the Tanakh, the prophet Micha. I really like that name very much. Uh, Micah chapter 6, please. And we're going to read uh, a little bit about what God's expectations of us are. It says this, with verse 6, With what shall I come before Adonai? With what shall I bow myself before God on high? Shall I present him with burnt offerings? With year-old calves? Will Adonai be pleased with thousands of rams, with hordes of rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my belly for the sin of my soul? He has told you, humanity, what is good and what Adonai is seeking from you. Only to practice justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Whew. Wow, that's powerful. A lot of you know my, my dad, our rabbi emeritus. He's affectionately referred to in this kahilah as Rabbi E for Rabbi Emeritus. And Rabbi E is a wonderful person. If you know Rabbi E, my goodness, he has done so much for the kingdom of God. He has done so much for the Messianic Jewish movement. He's truly one of the pioneers. He and my late mom, of course, co-founders of the congregation those very many decades ago. And dad's doing well, by the way. I know a lot of you ask about Rabbi E, and he's doing well, but keep him in prayer because he's been isolated in his facility now for about four full months now. Four full months with no physical contact with his family. It's been very, very, very hard, although he's hanging in there. Uh, as he would say, he's hanging in like a loose tooth. <laughs> and, uh, and so, but do keep him in your prayers. Uh, he certainly would welcome those. And thank you, those of some of you have sent him cards and, and little notes and the occasional call if you've known him for a while. That's very well received. But you got to know something about, about Rabbi E, and that is before he came to faith, 
he was a very worldly guy. I mean, this is something that he himself would tell you, would tell you because his testimony is really remarkable. He was a very, very worldly guy from, from drinking to smoking to a bad mouth. I mean, the works, whatever it is, man, uh, sadly, he was, he, was, uh, he was into it and he was certainly not w- working for the kingdom of God at the time. Well, during this time, he worked for the AT&T company. It's interesting. He worked for a division of AT&T Western Electric. And, uh, and he, he told this story. This is before he was a believer, y'all. Okay, so, so you have to give him a certain amount of forgiveness and allowance. But this is something that he and his buddies did one time. He told us the story. Uh, and it's a very interesting story. He said that they came into the office one time and, and he was said to his buddies, some of his buddies, hey, guys. Let's get, let's get John, whatever his name was. Let's get John today. Let's, let's, let's see what we can do here with John. And they all kind of huddled and they, they decided what they were going to try to do. And so sure enough, here, the end comes John into work. You know, hey guys, hey, morning to you. They got in early and, uh, and, and they said, oh, hi. And, you know, dad said to him, hey, John, ooh, boy, rough night. You, you have a rough night last night, man. You're looking a little bit haggard, brother. And John was like, no, no, it was, it was good, good night. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. Went on about their business. About an hour later, you know, some of the other guys would chime in on this. You know, dad might say to him, ooh, boy, John, you, you, did you sleep well last night? You don't look so good. And, and John was like, no, I, 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 slept, I slept fine. I don't, I don't know what's, uh, what, what you mean. And they said, oh, okay. And they, they went on about their business. And a little bit later, they'd say, oh, hey, John, ooh, boy, you're not feeling so good. You're sweating, you know, profusely. And, uh, and John was like, oh, really? Am I? So oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not, I don't think I'm really feeling so good right now. And, and, and dad said that by about another hour later, John was like, man, he talked to the boss, said, boss, I, I, I gotta go home. I'm not feeling good. I think I need to see the doctor. <laughs> and then, then he took off. This is bad, y'all. Don't ever do this. Don't ever do this. Don't emulate our, our, our retired rabbi. This is before he knew the Lord. Come on, give him some forgiveness. Give him some slack here. But aside from the fact that it is uh, in, a, in a very bad way kind of funny, but nonetheless, they, they got this guy to, they convinced this guy subconsciously to believe that, that, that he was sick, right? And eventually what happens? He said, I mean, I need, I need to go. I, I, need, I need to go to a, to a doctor. Unbelievable, really funny. That, that's Rabbi, he was a prankster. He was a prankster, y'all. Rabbi, he was a prankster, and uh, he liked to have fun a little bit, uh, too. And listen, it, it seems like we've all been on the edge regarding the coronavirus, haven't we? I mean, I think everybody's been a little bit on edge with coronavirus. Am I feeling okay? I mean, to a certain extent, we're playing mind games with ourselves, even with the coronavirus at times. I know this has got to happen to you over the last three or four months. It has to have crossed your mind at one point. Am I, am I feeling okay? Is that a sniffle I have or something? <laughs> Where did that cough come from? Ooh, is my throat getting a little bit sore? What do I feel a little bit warm? Right, you almost become paranoid, right? What is it? Am I, you think that's a virus? You know, and it's like, no, it's not. You know, and not to say it can't be, but but what I'm saying is that we get kind of antsy about it, right? And and about others too. When you hear somebody else, somebody has a sneeze or something, it's like, whoa, you know, you 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 think that you are, boy, you want to like uh, stay away from me. And, and, and such. And listen, you've got to be cautious of that. There's, there's no doubt. Uh, but, at, but at the same time, your mind can play tricks on you. You know this is true. Uh, well, let me settle some things for you. Each of you, 
I'm going to just settle this for you. Each of you, every single one of you, need a doctor. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you straight up, every single one of us need a doctor. But it may not be as it seems. Let's turn to the book of Matthew, please, chapter 9. If you have your good Jewish book, the scriptures, Matthew chapter 9. And let's hear a little bit of, of a story that happens with Yeshua as he's, as he's interacting with some people that is, reveals a lot. It's very revelatory. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 10. Weigh into this into your spirit and let it minister to you. Now it happened, verse 10, now it happened that when Yeshua was reclining at the table in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Yeshua and his disciples. Hmm. Okay, you got to remember, tax collectors, very not popular in those days, and it says in sinners. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does this teacher of yours eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, Yeshua said, those who are healthy have no need for a doctor, but those who are sick do. Now go and learn what this means. Mercy I desire and not sacrifice. For I didn't come to call the righteous, but the sinful. Mm. Boy, Yeshua laid it down with that one right there. What was Yeshua referring to with that last comment? Well, he was referring to Hosea and Micah chapter 6 that we just read a few minutes ago. He was, he was referring the Torah scholars to the Tanakh and the prophets and what they said. See, this is of great importance. Here we see that Yeshua is challenging the, relig the religious leaders to look more closely at themselves to understand that sacrifice is important, but it is not the core. The, these deeds that we do, these sacrifices that we make, God hear this. God doesn't touch us because we are sacrificial. We are sacrificial because God touches us. Okay, let me say that one more time and let that sink into you. People say, well, I want God to touch me. And so they do all these works and they sacrifice all these things. Oh, you know, in hopes they find favor with God in this way. But, but, but you do have to understand the order, my friends. God doesn't touch us because we are sacrificial. We are sacrificial because God touches us. These religious leaders were, were great at putting on a show, wearing a mask, right? Okay, I talked about that last week. That's what these religious leaders were doing. They were putting on a phony baloney mask, but they didn't realize that they needed a doctor. Is there a doctor in the house? Is there a doctor? You know, there is a doctor in the house. They needed a doctor, so says Yeshua. It's interesting because Yeshua says, mm, think about this here. There's a lot of depth to it, and it's very nuanced. Yeshua says here, when he's talking to these people and, and, and hearing and seeing their reactions and sensing their reactions, 
He says what? He says he didn't come for the sinful, or rather he came for the sinful, not the righteous. He came for the sinful, not the righteous. But the irony of his point to these religious leaders is dripping. It's dripping with irony. Why? Because all of us are sinful. All of us are sinful. My brother and sister, you and I, we're, we're all sinful. All of us. All of us have the virus. All of us have the virus. No, no one is immune. The virus of sin. All of us have this virus. It's just that some people are less likely to admit it. And the truth is we all need a doctor. Just like Yeshua said. And what doctor do we need, friends? We need Dr. Yeshua. We need Dr. Yeshua. That's what we all need is Dr. Yeshua. And what's interesting here in this story, because he said, he said that they need a doctor and he is the physician that can heal them of this condition that they have. And if you will, the condition that we have. It's interesting if you study this story that, he, that he's talking to the religious leaders about the need for a doctor. It's, it's interesting the time frame where he inserts this into the, into the dialogue because the context uh, in which the story happened is very, very interesting because literally just before, this, that's the story about Yeshua talking to these, to these religious leaders about their need for a doctor. And the, and the, but right before that, the very story that's right before that, literally, uh, Yeshua Right before the one where Yeshua says that we all need a doctor, the stories really connect. We're going to go back a few verses now, and we're going to look at the story that's right before, which really in many ways led to him saying what he said uh, later on in Matthew chapter 9. So let's start now with the beginning of Matthew chapter 9, review the earlier story which kind of led to Yeshua talking about the need for a doctor and that we all need a doctor, and it's very interesting how they relate. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse Echad, verse 1. After getting into a boat, Yeshua crossed over and came to his own town. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just then, some people brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a cot. And seeing their faith, Yeshua said to the paralyzed man, Take courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. Hmm. It's interesting because as I thought about that story and, and how it built to that point, it, there's something about it that didn't completely make sense to me initially when looking at it, right? Because in many ways, honestly, this seems to be an unlikely response from Yeshua. Are you following me here? Do you read what the, what the scriptures had said about that? I mean... They brought Yeshua, this paralyzed man. So, so clearly, I mean, he, he was known as a healer. He had healed thousands at that point. And they bring him this paralyzed man on a cot. And his first response was not to heal him. Or was it? Because truth be told, if this man 
would have died a paralytic. As tragic as it would have been, it would pale in comparison to not being in heaven eternally. We know that no sin enters heaven. So our sins must be cleansed before we are judged. So in reality, this man indeed needed a doctor. Just not the kind of doctor that would initially intuitively think of. No, no, no. He needed a spiritual doctor. One who could heal him on the inside. That was the more important healing that he needed. One who could cleanse his sins. Only God can do that. Only God can cleanse sins. Wow, what a powerful moment this must have been. When Yeshua said to him, they bring him the paralyzed man and he says, take courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. That's what he says. to him. It's the first thing he says to him. Not what you would intuitively expect. But you see, he was looking at the bigger picture here. He was looking at what was really important. And he was sending a message here as well. Yet at the same time, of course, by saying this, Yeshua was clearly proclaiming himself to be God. Why? Because only God can forgive sins. And he told this man, your sins are forgiven. So how did this man say your sins are forgiven? Only God can forgive sins. Well, did this cause a stir when he said this? Um, yes, it caused a great stir. People were like, what did he just say? Are you kidding? Did he just, did he just proclaim that guy's sins were forgiven? That was not what they were expecting to hear from the healer, from the prophet. Right? How do we know? Let's continue reading. Matthew chapter 9, verse 3. Then some of the Torah scholars said among themselves, This fellow blasphemes. And knowing their thoughts, Yeshua said, Why are you entertaining evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Get up and walk. But so you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to pardon sins. He then tell the, tells the paralyzed man, get up, take your cot, and go home. And he got up and went home. And when the crowd saw it, they were afraid and glorified God who had given such authority to men. Whew. <laughs> My goodness. Wow. I actually love, <laughs> man, Yeshua was not playing games. I actually love the crowd's response and, and their reaction. The scriptures say that they were both afraid and glorified when they saw this. And, and, and I really get that. I get that actually. I remember, this was probably 20 years ago, uh, and then the whole story here, when Rabbi E, talking about Rabbi E, our retired rabbi, I remember when Rabbi E was praying for this woman's arm that was, uh, that was really messed up bad. He, 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 you know, we believe in, in healing, physical healing. 
here at Bethel. It's all throughout the scripture, my goodness. And we believe in it. If you need a healing, pray to the Lord in faith that the Lord will touch you and he can heal you. So in any way, in any case, so he was praying for this woman and he laid hands on her arm. Her arm was all messed up. It was, uh, I don't exactly know what the condition was, but her arm was, was really significantly messed up. And so she had come up to, to Rabbi E and said, will you pray for my arm? And he's like, sure. But you know, a lot of times you pray for people. Okay, so he laid hands on her arm and began to pray, Lord God, in the name of Yeshua, I pray for healing for this arm. I pray that you touch this arm. And as Rabbi E explained it, when he said that and started praying for this woman's arm, suddenly he felt as he had his hands laid on her arms, on her arm, he felt suddenly bones begin to move in her arm. And it was so shocking to him that, that he went, whoa, <laughs> and literally <laughs> jumped back like uh, two or three feet. He was like, whoa. And then he said, did you feel that? And she's like, yes, I felt that. And my arm is healed. And her arm was indeed healed from that moment. And her arm was, was, was totally whole. But what was great about it and why I can really resonate with that, that passage is that it, it, for just a moment, man, it freaked out my dad. And he was the guy who was praying for her. But he's not the guy who was healing her. It was God that healed her. But, you know, sometimes you pray for people and it's not the timing. And they're not healed at that moment. But you continue to pray in faith. But sometimes when something like that happens, it was so dramatic. And he felt bones start moving in her that it literally scared him. He was like, whoa. Whoa, whoa, kind of like that. Ooh, that was close. And he said, he said, did you feel that? She said, yes, I felt. But that's the point is that it, it, he was both scared, but then he started glorifying God. Lord, thank you for this healing. Thank you for healing this woman's arm. It's very much like the story that we just read about the fact that the, that the people were scared, were afraid, but yet they glorified God because, you know, they had to be freaked out to see this paralytic who was suddenly healed like this. It's an absolutely amazing story, as it was with Rabbi E. See, Yeshua here also heals the paralytic physically. So not just the spiritual healing, but he does heal this uh, paralyzed person physically as well. And this is literally, think about it, it's literally right before the story where Yeshua says that he has come as a doctor to heal those who are sick. But sick in what way? Sick spiritually. Sick sinfully. It seems like he's clearly referencing what had recently happened and saying, wait, 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 wait. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. The physical healing was great and all. That's wonderful. But the more important thing is the spiritual issue. The more important thing is the spiritual healing that only God can bring. And this comes back to us, my friends. This comes back to you and me. When you hear this story, <laughs> when you hear this story of this paralyzed man, here's a question for you. Where might you fit in in this story? Are you more like the religious leaders who think that you know it all and that you're plenty righteous enough? Or are you the paralytic? 
And for that matter, some try to be the, the bystanders, the bystanders who, who crowd around the miracle just to ooh and ah. I have some news for you. Whether you know it or not, whether you admit it or not, we are all the paralytic. All of us are in need of the Savior's touch. Beloved, we all need a doctor. But we don't need the doctor so much for what we think that we need a doctor for. We think we need a doctor, as in somebody who can heal and take care of things, uh, to, to heal our broken leg. That's what we think is the primary thing. And the broken leg can be symbolic for almost anything going on in your life. And understand me, I'm not saying that we can't receive physical healing. We most certainly can. But of much, much greater importance is the fact that we need healing spiritually. We need our sins forgiven. We focus way too much about the physical world that we are in, the temporal things that are only will be here for a season and then like, then like the dust, they'll blow away. Things like our job, these things are important, but relative to eternity, y'all, our job, our money, our health even, for that matter. These things are important. Don't misunderstand me. Don't misread me. Hear what I'm saying. They are important. But Chavarim, we need to stop and bow our faces to the ground and first say, God, forgive me. And thank you, God, for forgiving me because we have a wonderful doctor who has saved us spiritually. He has taken care of us. And, and that's something that, that we should just celebrate and be thankful for. It it makes all the stuff that's going on in our lives that just doesn't seem perfect seem so much less important. Why? Because it should be less important. As we thank God for healing us in the most important way, because yes, we all do need a doctor. I'm speaking to everybody who thinks of themselves as a good person. I think I'm a good person. It's great that you're a good person. All of your, oh, it goes back to Hosea. Are you with me now? All of our sacrifices are well and good, but don't rely on them for your righteousness. As good as it may be, as good as your deeds may be, it's not enough. All the tzedakah, tefillah, and even teshuvah you can muster is not sufficient to cover your own sins. According to the Torah, it requires a blood atonement. This is why Yeshua came, because we could not fulfill the Torah requirements, and only he could, only Yeshua could. So he gave himself as a sacrifice in our place so that we could obtain forgiveness by what? By believing in him who was slain for us. Dr. Yeshua <laughs> right, Dr. Yeshua, hey, listen, Yeshua, <laughs> Dr. Yeshua, right? But you say it with a New York accent, Dr. Yeshua. <laughs> but, but understand, uh, Yeshua refers to himself as a doctor here, so that's not out of place. He's saying that he's the doctor. He's saying it explicitly. And we can't just go with the crowd either, with what the crowd is doing. The crowd, my goodness, a crowd mentality is oftentimes not good. The book of John chapter 8 says this. It's so interesting, this story. And I want you to weigh into this story. And I want you, what I want you to do, Mishpacha, 
way into the response of Yeshua. And, and again, if you've heard this story, and I've heard this story many times, but it just always ministers to me because it speaks to the heart of our God. It speaks to the heart of Messiah Yeshua. It is so contrary what you hear out there in, in society. Really feel the heart of the Messiah and what he wants for us. And this relates back to Hosea as well. John chapter 8, listen to this story. Let it bless you. The Torah, verse 3, the Torah scholars and Pharisees bring in a woman who had been caught in adultery. After putting her in the middle, they say to Yeshua, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of committing adultery. In the Torah, Moses commanded us to, to stone such women. What do you say? Now they were saying this to trap him so that they would have grounds to accuse him. But Yeshua knelt down and started writing in the dirt with his finger. When they kept asking him, he stood up and said, The sinless one among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he knelt down again and continued riding on the ground. Now when they heard, they began to leave one by one, the oldest first, until Yeshua was left alone with the woman in the middle. Straightening up, Yeshua said to her, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Yeshua said. Go and sin no more. Before we seek to throw a stone at others, my friends, we should first examine our own life. What did Yeshua say? Mercy, I desire. The doctor wants to heal you. But first you have to realize that you can't heal yourself. And even if you are a person of faith, you still cannot heal yourself. You need a touch from the master. You need a touch from the master physician. Friends, this is the two-part key in understanding really life. First, you have to understand your need for a doctor. You have to understand that and accept the fact that no matter how good you are, you're not good enough on your own. Now, I know it's, it's easy for us to hear that and accept it intellectually. Okay, I know I'm not good enough on my own. I mean, we all can accept this intellectually, but, but I want for you to really feel the fact that you are a paralytic I am a paralytic. It's not even close. I can't even come close to healing myself. You are paralyzed. It's like really, really bad. The earthly doctors give you no hope. Do you genuinely feel your own depravity? Because the more you get this, the more you will be grateful for a savior. Thank you, Lord the more you'll be thankful for the doctor that can heal you out of this condition, who can cleanse you. And the second part of this 
is that your healing is all about Dr. Yeshua. Your healing is all about Dr. Yeshua. It's not about yourself. All your sacrifices are well and good, but all roads lead to Yeshua as the key. Yeshua said to this man, your sins are forgiven. But that didn't make the crowd or the religious leaders happy. Where are you looking? Are you looking for all the bells and whistles in this plane of existence? Or is your focus on what is eternal? Is your focus on what is eternal? Because a good surgeon, a good surgeon in today's world may have been able to heal this man. But no man can forgive sins. I charge you today to take stock in your focus. To recognize that we are all spiritual paralytics that has been healed by the master doctor. And in doing this, it will allow us to do what God expects of us. If we really get it, if we really get that the, the doctor has healed us and we really needed his healing and the worldly stuff that he heals and takes care of us for us. Great. That's all bonus, but it's not the core. The core is our spiritual self and our eternity. And the more we get this and the more we see our need for the doctor, the more we can fulfill what God expects of us in Micah chapter 6 to walk humbly with our God with great gratitude. Because the more we recognize that it is Yeshua who has done this for us, the more humble we become and the more desperate we become to follow him. What a gift that we've been given. The title of my message today is Dr. Yeshua. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. I want to ask if there's anybody here today who perhaps has taken God for granted. Perhaps you're here and, and you've been focusing a little bit too much on your broken leg. And by that, I mean what? By that, I mean whatever it is in this plane that, that has been difficult for you. Maybe it's been a disproportionate. I'm not saying that you shouldn't pray about these things. I'm not saying that you shouldn't care about these things. You can and should. But a disproportionate focus on it makes you lose perspective on what's really important. It's not, it's not the job. It's not the money. It's not the 401k. It's not the car. It's not the house. It's not, the, it's not your physical health even. It's not even relationships as much as in the fact that you need somebody to, to save you. You need a doctor because you're sinful by nature and you need forgiveness from your sins to make you clean and pure. And that's going to help all that other stuff too. He cares about that other stuff. But let's put it all in perspective. You hear? If that's you and you've lost sight of the centrality of Yeshua and the importance of him forgiving you and what he did for us, then I want to pray for you. Avina Shabbat Shemayim, Father in heaven, I want to pray for each and every person who's watching who is really sensing more their need for a doctor. They're understanding more the, the, the fact that their sin and their, is there and their righteousness does not make up for it. Any sacrifices that they make 
can't reach to the level of, of forgiveness of their sins. It requires God. And so, Lord, I pray that they put Yeshua back in the center, Lord, where he belongs. Why? For the understanding that it is he who has redeemed us. He has saved us. I thank you, Lord, for this, God. I thank you for this perspective change. And I pray, God, that we can practice justice and love mercy and to walk humbly before you. Touch each and every person who that ministered to. And Lord, I want to pray if perhaps you're here or you're watching and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, repeat this prayer after me if you've never dedicated your life to the Lord. And he will change you on the inside. It is the ultimate application of this message. Say, dear God, I humbly come before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I'm, I'm sorry that I've sinned. I'll follow you the rest of my days. Thank you for your forgiveness, God. Thank you in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, send us an email so that we can send you some encouraging materials just to celebrate with you. And I pray that the Lord will, will bless you and touch you. Thank you, God, for this and for this wonderful service. And I ask these things in Yeshua's name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Shalom.